All right. Well, good evening. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer, and then we will get started. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for its truthfulness. We thank you for uh, the fact that it calls us uh, to change, and it calls us to praise you. We pray that um, as we study this passage, that our hearts would be uh, drawn to praise you and to worship you and to thank you for who you are. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so I'm going to pull up my screen, and I'm going to share it with you, and we'll get going from there. Okay. You all see that? Oops. There we go. Everybody sees that? You can nod. All right, good. Cool. All right, so we're going to read Psalm 8, and then um, as we go through it, occasionally I'll pause it, and um, we'll talk about it uh, briefly, okay? So Psalm 8, to the chief musician on the instrument of Gath, a psalm of David, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Okay. So uh, what words, what are some words or ideas uh, that you see repeated as you go through the psalm. This is where you can unmute yourself um, and we can talk about different things that we see repeated or um, ideas or concepts that are prevalent in the psalm. He says you have four different times. Okay. Okay. So you have the repetition of you have. So what God has done. Okay. What else? He starts with, oh, Lord, and ends with, oh, Lord, our Lord. Okay, good, yeah. So you have the repetition of the, oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, okay? So that's a big part of the outline, okay? So we're going to see uh, both of those ideas repeated as we work through the outline later on. What else do we see? It, it sets up his position right off the bat. He's above everything. Okay, so God's above everything. Good. So um, you see his majesty highlighted in verses 1 and 9, okay? And it's not really all of verses, um, verse not 1, but um, verse 1a and b, um, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, and then that's repeated. So you see that idea? You see, you see him referring to the weakness of humanity? Okay, 
out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, God is doing something. So it refers to and talks about who God is and, and in relationship to that, how he uses people who are weak and who are um, not strong in and of themselves to accomplish something. And what are they accomplishing? Through them, um, they are, they've ordained strength. God has ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. So God is using the weak child, the weak infant to squash or to quelch um, the enemy and the avenger. Okay. Um, you see humanity described and humanity's smallness in comparison to God's great vast cosmos. Okay. And so what, 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 what part does man have? Why is man given this position in relationship to God's great universe? What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? And that's in contrast with this idea of creation, okay? Who is man in, in contrast to what significance, what purpose, what value is there in uh, a fallen, broken man in relationship to this whole cosmos. And so when I consider your heavens, when, it, when I consider this creation, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is humanity? What am I? And so he's really asking a question about what is his purpose? What is his objective? What is his value in all of this? Okay. And so he's asking that question. All right, so um, if we had to give it a big idea or a theme, what might we, um, what might we say are some of the big ideas um, that help us to understand what exactly uh, the psalmist David is telling us to do, or how are we, what are we supposed to think about uh, this psalm? Mm, his creation, the glory, the praise. Okay. Okay. Creation. His creation, the glory, the praise. What else? You didn't go unmuted, Carol. Let me. See. Okay, there you go. God's excellence. Okay, God's excellence. His position. Okay, God's yeah. position. Okay, what else? What else is in the psalm? Okay, so it's talking about God's position, God's excellence, God's um, God's glory. What else do we have in the psalm? It's saying that um, we're considering the heavens and the work of the of God, how majestic He is, and yet He is mindful of man. That He's made man just under a little lower than the angels okay. uh, for a specific work. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, as I studied, um, this is what what I chose to. Kind of summarize it as the Lord's majesty is displayed through weak humans who submit to his rule. Okay. So the psalm begins and ends with this idea that God, and he uses the, the word Lord, okay. So, oh Lord, our Lord. Okay. So he's talking about God's personal name, who he is, and he says, Oh Lord, that is his his name, our Lord, he is. Adonai, he is the master, he is the ruler, he is the sovereign of everything. And then he goes on and he says, your majesty is great. 
And how does God display his greatness? What the psalmist is saying is that God displays his splendor, God displays his majesty, God displays his greatness via people. People who are weak, people who are frail, people who are um, insignificant in a sense, okay? And so you have, who have set your glory above the heavens, uh, let's let's actually go on to the outline, and we'll work through it this way, okay? People must acknowledge the Lord's majesty, okay? So the whole psalm is calling for us to acknowledge the Lord's majesty, to see who our God is, and to exalt and glorify and praise him for who he is. He is majestic. He is worthy of our praise, okay? O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, okay? And then he moves on. People must acknowledge the power and grace of the creator, okay? And so he says, Who have set your glory above the heavens, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants? Um, what do we expect out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants? Spit up. Spit up. <laughs> okay. We expect spit up. What else do we expect from the mouths of babes and nursing infants? We expect crying. We expect fussing. Um, we don't expect much real power. I mean, little babies, little kids think that they have a lot of power, and sometimes the parents allow them to have a lot of power. But in actuality, in reality, that little kid has no power. I mean, it has really no control unless the parent is feeding um, in perpetually to that child, right? But what is he saying? He's saying out of something that is weak, Okay, the Lord uses the weak to confound the wicked, okay? So out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. And so the psalmist is sitting back and he's meditating on this idea and he's like, God uses little children who are insignificant, who are really nothing, right? And he uses them to put to nothing or to silence, to confound the wicked, the enemy, the, the unrighteous. Okay? And so because of that, you and I must acknowledge the power and grace of the creator and that he uses somebody who is weak. I don't think he's really saying that he's using infants, but he's using it as an illustration or as a, as a metaphor to say, God uses what you and I would think can't be used to accomplish his will, okay? And then he moves on from there. And he said, the Lord places image bearers in his creation, okay? And so in verses three through eight then, he's, he's meditating on creation, he's meditating on mankind. And he's saying, the creation is great, the creation is awesome. When he considers the heavens, when he considers uh, the work of God's fingers, when he considers the moon and the stars, which God has created, his immediate question is, what is man in light of that? I mean, he has all this, and yet he chose to care about us. And that's, that's the question. Why? Why would he do that? Okay. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him 
with glory and honor. Okay, And this is where the idea of mankind being the image bearer of God comes in, right? So he's been crowned. He's been made royalty, as it were, on the earth. And why does God make man royalty, as it were, on the earth? What is, what is, what is the purpose of me and you being uh, royalty, is the idea that's being here, communicated here. Why does God put mere humans as his royal uh, representatives on the earth? To display his glory? Yeah, yeah, we're his image bearers. And we're his image bearers for the purpose to the intent that you and I would display his glory. We would point people to who God is, to his majesty, to his glory, okay? And so he goes on and he says, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands, okay? So we're supposed to care for it. We're supposed to um, allow it to flourish, okay, and to use it wisely. You have put all things under his feet. We have been given a huge responsibility, and our responsibility isn't just to use it and enjoy it, and that's all. We're supposed to use it and enjoy it and uh, nurture and care for it and um, allow it to flourish, to become something better, to become something greater, okay? We're supposed to be his image bearer. So as we, as we take control of whatever resources you have, okay? So most of you um, do not have sheep and oxen and even the beasts of the field and the birds of the air and all those things under your possession, right? At least I don't know of any of you that do. Okay? But you have some uh, responsibility, some things that God has entrusted to you. And the idea is God has given you those things, and he's given you them to demonstrate his image, to use your talents, your abilities, as you take care of what you have, to display his glory, to display his majesty, okay? And so it goes back to that, that main idea that the Lord displays his majesty through the weak who are willing to submit to him, okay? And then the last idea is one, a conclusion or it's a wrap-up, and it repeats the first idea that we see in the psalm, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. And why is it excellent? It's excellent because weak people, people who are merely image bearers, are willing to humbly submit and obey God. And as they are weak and they humbly submit and obey God, they are able to display God's majesty. They're able to display God's glory as they accomplish the tasks and the responsibilities that God has given them. Okay? So, um, as we think about the ideas, um, specifically in the context of application, uh, what are some what are some ways that this is um, applicable to your life and to my life? Acknowledge God's creation. Okay. Go outside and notice it. Okay. Okay, so we have a responsibility to acknowledge God's creation. The responsibility, because of the position he's put us in, 
Stewardship. Okay. Yeah. So one of the big things is that we have the responsibility, even as weak, frail individuals who um, it would appear as if we could not accomplish God's uh, task of silencing or of confounding the wicked. We have the responsibility to humbly and um, obediently submit to God. What else? We're supposed to proclaim God's glory and his majesty. Yeah, yeah, we're supposed to proclaim God's glory and his majesty, okay? Um, so, um, he, he's praying to the majestic Lord, and his desire is to understand, right? He wants to understand um, his significance and his role, okay? And... As he learns to understand his significance and his role in the world, what does that allow him to do? It allows him to point to the majesty and glory of the Lord, okay? So I think one thing that you and I are supposed to do is... Um, as we're supposed to pray to the majestic Lord in, an, in a request that we would be better representatives of the Lord's majesty, okay? Um, he also praises the Lord, okay? So while it is a prayer, it is also um, a, a huge bit of praise that is going on here. He's praising God for who he is and the fact that he is willing to allow human beings who are weak and frail and vulnerable and sinful to help to accomplish demonstrating the majestic worth of God, okay? And then be a tool for proclaiming and demonstrating the majesty of the Lord, okay? And so you see, number one, God uses the, the weak, okay? The frail, the vulnerable, the helpless in verses 2, or 1b and 2. But then you also see that God uses those who are willing to um, obey him, okay, and to follow through with the instructions that he's given. Why has God placed us here to be his image bearers? It is so that we would have dominion. And as you and I do that, we are proclaiming and demonstrating the majesty of our God. Okay, any questions on that? All right. Seeing no hands and hearing nothing, I'm going to turn off the recording.